Amen. Praise God. Well, good morning, everybody. So glad to have you online and in-house at Grace Summit Church. Turn to your neighbor and say, I love God. I love people. And I'll do something in a minute, okay? And I, and I, we'll figure out the last one in just a moment. Hey, uh, we are so glad you're here today. It is uh, the uh, almost uh, middle, I guess it is the middle of uh, November, almost. Uh, who in here has got your Christmas trees up? Say amen. amen. Who has not? Say amen. 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 Okay, so it's about a 50-50 in-house. So uh, if you have it up, we bless you. We speak life over you. And if you don't have it up, I understand that. Praise God. It's not Thanksgiving. I mean, I just, I got a family member who put it up October 24th. Praise God. But one year we didn't even take it down. We just closed the door of the living room and the next year just opened it back up and it was the best year ever. Didn't even have to decorate. Glory to God. So glad you're with us. We're going to open up in prayer. If you will, um, bow your heads with me. It's going to be a great day. Father, we thank you so much for today. Thank you, Father, right now that you do great things in our midst, that, Father, you are here in our midst, and that, Father, we have the opportunity to come and to seek you, to seek your face, and to believe for great things from you in our life today. So, Father, we just covenant with you today to submit ourselves to your leadership, to humble ourselves under your mighty hand of God. And thank you, Father, that you lift us up out of all the situations that have come against us this week, and you bring a refreshing breeze of life to our breath and to our life. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, amen. amen. God bless you as we worship. Amen, amen. We're going to worship him this morning, Grace Summit. How's that sound? We're going to worship him this morning. How's that sound? Amen, amen. Let's sing this out. I'm coming with a heart of worship. I'm bringing a brand new song in Jesus' name. I'm coming with a heart of worship. I'm bringing in a brand new song. I'm ready to see the unthinkable. I'm ready for a miracle. Hearts praying for a fresh encounter. Souls looking to the living God. I'm ready for a real revival. Oh, Holy Spirit, come. of a new beginning. God, we know you have so much more. We're looking to a new horizon. We're praying for your rain to pour. An overflowing of true redemption. An overflowing of your kingdom. We're ready for a real revival. Oh, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, fall in this place, fill our hearts. Holy Spirit, come like a flood, like a fire. Holy Spirit, come. Oh, Holy Spirit, come. I said it before, but this next part is my favorite of this song. Can you feel it? Heaven is reaching. 
that is here with us right now in this place this morning for the miracles that are always at work even when we can't see them Father God we thank you in Jesus name send the new come see the scars of love upon his hands the king is in the room Darkness flee at his command. Who is this king? Who is this king? Let's sing that again. The king is in the room. Yes, he is. Come see the scars of love upon his hands. The king is in the room. darkness flee at his command. 
Never been a king like this 
Resting on 
The government is resting on shoulders. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Right now, if um, you need prayer for anything, um, I'm changing it, Kim. You can come up. I, I want to do this, though. Um, these are the prayer cards we had last week from everybody who's got family members who needs prayer. If you weren't here last week or if you're online and you want to send us your family members, we can pray for. We prayed for them last night over um, at, in prayer, and we want to uh, take a moment and pray over them again as uh, Pastor Chris and Karen pray for these here. Father, in Jesus' name, we just plead the blood of Jesus over every family member in, these, in, in, in our hands right now. We plead the blood of Jesus, Father, and we call upon you, Father, right now, that by your Holy Spirit, conviction would come upon their life. Supernatural conviction, not of, not of this or not of that, but of not knowing you, that they are convicted of the sin of not knowing you. They're convicted of the fact that their relationship's not been renewed. Their life's not been born again. That Father, in Jesus' name, you would work in their life. You would open up their eyes. We command in Jesus' name every blinder to be gone from their lives, eyes and their hearts. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name that their eyes see, their ears hear, their hearts know, and they begin to receive, Father, ideas, thoughts, revelation that you love them, that you have a plan for them, that you are, they are fearfully and wonderfully made, that marvelous are your works, that you desire above all things that they may prosper and be in health, that you desire life for them, and that more abundantly. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name that angels are bringing workers to their path. Uh, angels are bringing them to the workers' paths. That, Father, they have opportunity in Jesus' name, those workers to preach the gospel, to share the love of God, to do it in such a way that they receive it, Father, that they can hear it, that it's done in their language and their, their customer manner, and they receive it, Father, in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, also, that your spirit moves upon every family member in here, that, that you, we surround them with faith, we ask you, Father, to surround them with love. We ask you, Father, in Jesus' name, to surround them with grace and mercy so that they can know your peace and your love. And that peace, which passes understanding, draws them into a relationship with Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name. And we command you, Satan, to take your hands off every one of them. We command you in Jesus' name to remove your life and your influence off every one of them. We command the spirits of addiction, of oppression, of depression to be gone off all of them. And we thank you, Father, that your power, spirits of, 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 of sexual immorality are gone from them. That, Father, they are delivered. They are in the process of being delivered. They're in the process of being made whole right now. We ask you, Father, for these things. We ask you, Father, for your moving in their life. We thank you, Father, with faith that you're moving in their life. We thank you, Father, with joy that you're moving in every one of their lives. That, Father, we thank you right now that you are working, you are moving, you are doing supernatural works in their life. For the ones in here, Father, that are lukewarm, that are not in church like they should be, that are not living like they should be, that are not doing like they should do. We thank you, Father, for your conviction upon them to rise to a higher level, to live to a better standard, to, to, to be who they're called to be in the body of Christ, to not be slackers in the, in the body of Christ, but to be who they should be in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you right now that these are last days, these are end times, and the time is short and the hour is late, 
and that father in Jesus name you bring conviction upon every one of them on these lists every one of them father right now that healing comes to them deliverance comes to them freedom comes to them that they walk in the things of the spirit in Jesus name we thank you father in Jesus name in Jesus name we thank you father in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. 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 Give me a good amen. Where's my music? Did my music leave? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now, I want to say this too. If you need, if you've got some family members that are not, that you didn't do last week and you want to, uh, please fill one out when we do the offering and bring it up. And if you did and you want to add somebody, bring them up and, bring, and, and let us know. And, uh, uh, my, my conviction is, is that we're going to pray about that all week, all month, all year, uh, until we get what we want. Can I have an amen? Uh, even some of those that we added. Write down those nephews you gave us uh, last night. Full names, so we can put those in there. And everybody say amen. I, uh, I want to encourage everybody to this too. I, um, I used to always carry handkerchiefs with me, and I gotten out of the habit because I'm, I'm, I don't do suits as much, but I always had a, you know, a handkerchief. And uh, anytime anybody wanted one for prayer, I would give it. And um, just recently, I've had several people tell me that, um, uh, you know, that they've either taken Kleenex from prayer days, and I hate to give somebody a Kleenex because a Kleenex unravels and tears up. But um, uh, I've been um, just, just impressed this week to start making uh, prayer cloths available. Somebody says, well, I don't, I don't agree with that or I don't understand that. Well, thank God we do not bound to what you think or agree. Can I have an amen? Acts 19, 11 says that God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul as they took aprons that had been on his body and put them on, laid them on um, sick people, demon-possessed people. And uh, I even had in my heart last night as a... Um, to maybe we should anoint candy and send it to our family members. Can I have an amen? Who in here knows there ain't any power in the cloth, just like there's no power in the anointing oil in itself. The anointing oil doesn't heal. This doesn't heal. What does heal is our faith that God's power is being activated and released and that we believe it. And everybody say amen. And so um, I want to pray over these. Buddy, come here and give me some, some of that oil. And um, Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you right now that special miracles will be wrought by your hands. That supernatural divine miracles will be wrought by your hands. That Father, that we believe for your power and your anointing to go into our lives, whether it be cloth, whether it be whatever we are. That Father, when we leave this place, when we touch people, when we, when we uh, interact with their life, they'll know something's different. They'll say of us as it was said of Jesus, uh, of Jesus' disciples, they have been with Jesus. Something's different. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, right now. And we plead the blood of Jesus over the, the, these cloths. And thank you, Father, that whenever their faith is released with them, that you work, right, work and, and wrought special miracles by your hands. Thank you, Father. It wasn't Paul who did the miracle. It wasn't his clothes that did the miracle. It's your Holy Spirit which did the miracle. And it's the same Spirit which dwells within us today on this earth. And we thank you, Father. And we thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. 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 Praise God. God bless you. you. If you're standing, you can be seated. I like that music. Um, we can keep with that, Kim, if we can. I, uh, if you got your Bibles, I just want to use a verse as we get ready to give uh, real quick. If you need a...
connection card there in front of you to put your family members on if you need one uh, first, second, third time guest. If you're online, we say that. I look around sometimes, you know, you, you deal with uh, sometimes foolish people and they'll, they'll ask things and they'll say, um, you know, I, I don't see any visitors here today. Why would we tell people about the connection card? Well, two reasons. One's to remind you to bring people to church. Can't have an amen. And two, if you don't have any faith with it, you'll never have any uh, agreement in it. So you have to have some faith and expectation. And so um, I want to encourage you to, um, number one, invite people, but also to online. If you're a first, second, third time guest, we bless you and we thank you. Uh, third John verse two, just real quick as we look at that verse. It says, beloved, I desire above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Um, who in here has ever heard people preach you should be poor? Now, I don't believe in poor. Um, uh, did we dismiss youth? We, 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 are we waiting for end of all? We can dismiss youth. Make sure y'all got time. Um, I, um, I, I've heard people preach that, that we should be poor. I think that's just as stupid and foolish as people who preach that we should be sick. Because I've never met anybody who preaches that we should be sick who prays to be sick. Uh, they always pray and ask, you know, y'all pray that God will touch granny. And then we'll pray that God will touch granny. And then you talk to them later and they'll say, oh, but, you know, we know this is, made, this is God's will. Well, if it's God's will to be sick, why pray that it gets better? If it's God's will to be sick, why ask anything else? Well, then on the other side, people talk about being poor. Who's ever had no money? And who's ever had some money? And who in here knows some money is better than no money? And lots of money is better than some money. Because you can do things. You can, I, I was thinking this week, um, you know, and when I say sometimes we've had it tight, I mean, dear God, we've had it tight. And um, this is 10, 11 years ago, we were at Publix on uh, 212, checking out. And I'll cross all this one. I just hit me the other day, I hadn't thought of this story. But it was the holidays. We're standing in line. I'm, I'm being me, cutting up, enjoying fun, having life. And just, you know, and there's a young couple in front of us and they got their WIC cards and they're ringing up. And I looked at the little girl and I could see her look at him and she looked back and they kept looking and they kind of made a, you remember this? And she made a comment and she looked and she goes, and I could hear, she goes, we'll put some of this back. Cause they didn't have enough. They had the stuff that the WIC would carry or EBT and then they didn't have enough for the cash for the stuff they needed. And I looked at him and I didn't have that much money. I looked at him and I said, but I've been there. I said, honey, I said, uh, let's just do something fun tonight. She goes, what? I said, I just want to buy everything that you need. I said, get your other stuff and whatever you need. I mean, you know, you look at somebody's eyes and their eyes well up with tears and, you know, she was shocked. And of course it was all baby stuff. So, you know, there's a hungry kid at home that they're dealing with. And, um, who in here knows you can't do that when you're poor? And anybody who preaches that poverty is a blessing, in my opinion, that's as despicable as saying GD. Very, just as despicable because you're saying that the heart of God towards humanity is to bring cursing. And again, if poverty is so good, why don't we all just sell everything we have and live in a box? Any takers? 
Can I have an amen? God desires above all things that we prosper, being healthy even as our soul prospers. So as we get ready to give, I want to encourage you, don't ever buy into that. Don't ever believe that. Um, uh, that that's just the devil trying to, trying to get you to either be guilty or whatever, to, to walk in condemnation. Um, somebody asked me one time, did I ever want to be rich? I said, well, in one way, I believe I am rich. Amen. I have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And I believe I'm anointed to win, empowered to prosper, impossible to curse, according to Ephesians 1-3 and, and Psalms 1-3. I, I, you know, I believe with all heart. On the other side, I've had money and I've not had money. I believe having money is a whole lot better. And I'm believing to have a whole lot more money. Can I have an amen? Because I have grandchildren that need to be blessed. Can I have an amen? And I have found out they ain't cheap. Amen. And then on the other side of that, there's other ministry stuff we want to do. Uh, in fact, I don't talk about me and Lisa. We pay for a lot of stuff here just to bless the church. You know, sometimes there ain't enough. So we need to make sure. Why? Because I want to be a blesser. Who in here knows giving's better than receiving? But it didn't say receiving's bad. It just said it's more blessed. So receiving's good too. So as we get ready to give, I want you to hold your tithes in your hand. Now, I'm, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to wrap it all up in one for time's sake. Um, last week... So, so that was offering sermonette number one for offering one. This is offering sermonette number two for offering number two. Last week, we took up what Greg has lovingly called the poop fund. And that was for the septic system and stuff. And uh, we had to come up with about $2,600 out of general account to cover that. And they had to, and it had to be paid uh, last week. It's really weird. They did it, I think, seven, eight weeks ago and just now billed us. And I guess they forgot how can you forget that? Can I have an amen? Uh, I, I would have been on it the day, day one. Now, you know, when do you want to be paid? Yesterday. And so, um, but anyway, so after last week's offer, we're still about 2,000 short of putting that back, and we need it. Now, I know somebody asked me and made a comment, so, you know, because you know, we may sell the building. We may not. And if we don't, I don't want to preach in poop in six months. Can I have an amen? And if we do, I don't want to leave a poop church to whoever buys it, because that ain't right either. Well, I don't know, I don't know why we should care, because the way you leave a room determines the way you enter the next one. The way you leave a season determines how you enter the next season. If you do not know why some people have trash, it's because they treat everything like trash, and it always stays trash. Why would God give them something better if they're gonna treat it like trash? Can I have an amen? That's good preaching, but not a good amen. That's much better preaching than amen. And everybody say amen. So you have to treat it right. So I want to make sure that we take care of it. Because again, it may not sell. And if it don't sell, are you upset, Pastor Chris? Nope. Not one bit. Going to keep right on preaching, enjoying church, and having a good time. Can I have an amen? And doing what we're doing. And so I want to encourage you. So if you can give extra today, I want to encourage you to give extra. Um, uh, over above your tithes and offerings for the poop fund. Uh, to finish paying that off and to make sure that's taken care of. Again, we've paid it, but we've taken money out of general, uh, which means other things that may not be paid until that's put back. And so um, that is not my opinion and conviction. My conviction and opinion is that my God shall meet all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Can I have an amen? And that God is faithful. And so, um, so right now, if you hold your offering in your hand, whether it be your regular tithes and offerings or... Uh, the building fund. I can't call it poop fund, Greg. Uh, the building fund. 
Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you right now that we just can pray and walk in your abundance in our life. That you give us principles to live by and we, we desire to be obedient, so we tithe, we give, we give offerings, we give alms. And Father, right now, for everyone in this church and everyone online, we thank you that your hand of blessing is open to them. That your good hand in this day is open to them. That wells of healing are opened up to them. And that, Father, in Jesus' name, they walk in abundance in every area. Father, for our church, we thank you that the good, your good hand is flowing towards us and that wells of healing flow in this church every Sunday. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name for Kathy Gilbert being healed. In Jesus' name and the testimony last week. We thank you, Father, right now that you meet every need of this church. We ask you, Father, to bring in every week $15,000 into this church to meet every need. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. We command you, Satan, to take your hands off our people's money, off our church's money, off our life's money. In Jesus' name, we command you, Satan, to get your hands off our money. And Father, we ask you right now, and we command the angels to go forth and to bring those resources in according to Luke 6:38. We give, it's given back unto us, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over to men, given to our bosom. So Father, thank you that the money comes in and that we receive what we have asked individually, family, corporately as a church, and Father, even as our state and nation. We ask you that you, and thank you that you meet every need we have in Jesus' name. And everybody says... Amen. God bless you as you come up and bring your offerings. Again, you can always give online or Cash App or PayPal or Zelle or... I was about to say TikTok, but you can't really do that. But There's probably a way. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you didn't know, yesterday uh, a number of people from the church went uh, to the gun range. Had a great time. Amen. Uh, Karen was one of them, and uh, and, uh, and her, her daughter, uh, Cassidy, went. That was great, and uh, just a great time. If you've never been, you ought to go. Uh, man, woman, child, uh, whatever. It's a good time. Can I have an amen? Okay, amen. Everybody say, I love, I love Jesus, Jesus and quick messages. Okay, because... I don't, you may not get one today. I mean, I'm just easy. If you got your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37. I'm just going to use this verse as a jumping point in a moment. I'm going to read two other verses that we've used previously. Uh, Kim, we're going to use uh, Psalms 145 first. And, uh, but uh, but we'll, we'll go to Genesis, uh, Ezekiel 37 in a minute. Psalms 145 verse 15 says, the eyes of all look expectantly to you and you give them their food in their due season. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. Amos 9.13, message translation says, yes, indeed, it won't be long now, God's decree. Things are going to happen so fast that your head will swim, one thing fast on the hills of the other. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once, and everywhere you look, blessings. And everybody say amen. Yeah. Blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and hills. I'll make everything right again for my people Israel. They'll rebuild their ruined cities. They'll plant vineyards and drink good wine. They'll work their gardens and eat fresh vegetables. I'll plant them, plant them on their own land. They'll never again be uprooted from the land I've given them. And everybody say amen. Yeah. Now, again, if you got your Bibles, turn to Ezekiel. 
Oh, wow. I got a hole in that page. I'm sorry. Just noticed that. Uh, we're going to read there in just a moment. So I, I, um, Ezekiel 37, we'll be in, we'll start at verse one. Uh, God's good hand, I believe, is on our life and is living, is moving in our life. But who in here has ever felt like it's not? Yeah. Or who in here has ever felt like you're in dry times? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, who's ever heard somebody say, I'm just in the desert? Well, I always like to point out, there's only two times I know of in Bible, really, you can look at where Jesus was led. Jesus was led into the desert to be tempted. That's true. But who in here knows that temptation wasn't forever? It was for 40 days. And then he was delivered from it. So if you've been in the desert for more than 40 days, you're evidently worse off than Jesus. Can I have an amen? Or you need a whole lot more work. But if you're not actively... Uh, <laughs> having to deal with the devil on the, on the top of mountains and, 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 and citadels and stuff, um, maybe there's another issue. The other time I can find in the desert is the children of Israel, and who in here knows that wasn't God's direction. That was their disobedience caused them to wander for 40 years. So again, you, know, that, that, you can't really use that. It's always the, the desire of God to move in our life. Now who in here knows sometimes we go through what we call, I call, I call dry times, not because it's really a dry time, it's just something that's not expected. Or it's something fresh and new and that catches us off guard. Yeah. Or there's a tragedy and we don't know how to handle that. Because who in here knows that Jesus is always happy? I'll say that with a little sarcasm. Jesus is always happy, but sometimes our life isn't always happy. Yeah. Naturally, and we have to walk through that issue issue. Who in here has ever dealt with some kind of sickness, disease, or infirmity for, for more than, let's say, 30 days, 40 days. Now, 30, 40 days is a long enough time. But, you know, we've all had to fight stuff. Uh, me and Pastor Lisa say this all the time, and we were driving somewhere. I've, I've said this before. We were driving somewhere, and I just got kind of thinking, and we were talking about people who were our age, my friends, I grew up with, I went to high school with, uh, started ministry together. We were talking about some, and I mean, it's like one thing after another. I'm talking about my high school friends, one thing after another. I'm young, and everybody say amen. And I'm like, my gosh, I mean, it's this and that, and it's on Facebook, and I'm going through this and that. I looked at her, I said, you know, I said, we don't go through that. Why? And she looked at me with a little grit. She goes, because we fight it. Amen. And you have to just fight it. Uh, and and so, I mean, y'all have no idea how many times I've stood up here and preached or traveled and preached and felt like my brains have been blown out. Can't think. I still remember one service I preached. I had an abscess tooth. This is in the 1-0 building. I had a, a, a root, a, a, what do you call it? A, to tooth in the root, the root had gotten abscessed and was infected. So the doctor couldn't fix it until I had like a week of antibiotics. I said, what do I do for the pain? He said, just take Tylenol and Advil, swap them every two hours. I said, okay. So I still remember preaching. I preached two services that morning. In between those two services, I walked out behind the church and cried. It hurt so bad. I didn't want anybody to see me cry, but I did. I, I just sat there and cried. It hurt. I mean, I had tears down in my face. And I came back in, I took some more pain medicine. I, to this day, have no idea what I said. I have no concept. Greg Welburn tells me constantly, that's the best message I've ever heard you preach, and I don't know if it'll ever be any better. That was the best message. But what did I do? I fought it. Can I have an amen? And thank God for antibiotics. Thank God for pain medicine. Thank God for all things. But you don't give in. But there's sometimes you're in that rut area, and you got to change it. 
Now, most of us just wait on God to change it. Going to throw this out. Old story, great story. There's a man goes out into a field and he's kind of like a homesteader. And man, it's grown up. I mean, it's just on the outskirts of this little town out west. And I mean, it's just grown up weeds and thorns and briars and thickets. And it's just messy and rocks everywhere. So he puts a claim on this land. He goes to the, the office, puts a claim. He gets the you know, title to it. And he builds him a little tent out there because he's going to homestead and he starts moving rocks. And he's got the mules out there and he's got it clearing and he clears all the thickets and he clears the brushes and he cuts down some trees and he does all this. Well, they got a circuit preacher who comes by every you know, three, four months and he drives by the first time when he first gets it. He walks out there and he does that a couple times. Well, about a year later, he circuit preacher rides by and he walks out there and just that real spiritual voice goes, Mama, look what God's work has done. And the old farmer looked at him, he said, brother, you should have seen it when God had it by himself. <laughs> he said, it was a mess when God had it by himself. He said, now me and God did a good business on it. He said, and God helped me. He said, but without me, he said, God didn't do anything. And without him, I couldn't do anything. Can I have an amen? So there comes a time you just have to take some authority and use your own ability to change that atmosphere. Right. Because if not, you'll never change it and you'll go down. Because this whole earth goes down. This whole earth is dying, it is defeated, it is rusting. Anybody who believes in, um, what do you call it, um, evolution always cracks me up. There is nothing on this earth that has ever started in the, from, from a, a starting place and gotten better. There's not an invention. Who's ever seen a car left in a field? Does it get shinier? No. You leave a, a human body on this earth long enough, does it constantly get younger? No, it decays. There's nothing on this earth. Why? Because there's a curse on this earth. And until that curse is lifted in full manifestation on carnally, it's just all there is to it. But what does God do? He gives us means to walk out of that. Ezekiel chapter 37, um, it says here in verse one, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out, of the, out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around and behold, there were very many in the open valley and indeed they were very dry. He said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, oh Lord, you know. And he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Now here, here's, here's the point I wanna bring out. If you look in Matthew chapter eight, one of my favorite stories of Jesus is the story of Jesus and that centurion. Love that story. I just love that story. I love that story for so many reasons. Number one, Jesus is out there just doing a thing and this centurion interrupts him, which means Jesus has time for me to interrupt him. Can I have an amen? And the, the centurion's a Gentile and even knows the culture code and he says, listen, I'm not even worthy you should come under my roof. And Jesus says, I'll come. Which means Jesus will come into my life when I don't think I need it or, or deserve it. Let me say it that way, when I know I don't deserve it because he shouldn't come into certain things. But Jesus said, I will. And the centurion says, well, listen, if you'll just speak the word, now that's faith. If you'll just say some words, my servant will be healed. Is that what he said? Look it up, Matthew 8. And Jesus said, I will. So Jesus had to speak something. Now here's the biggest point of life right here. Who in here wants to see the hand of God move? Who in here wants to see wells of healing overflow? Or I, I could call it pools of healing. I like that term better, actually, because I think of the pool of Siloam. Why, so what do we have to do? We have to do the prophesying. 
We have to do the speaking. Well, I'm just waiting on the Lord to speak up. Then, then, then you're, then you're going to be in that field with briars, uh, uh, briars and thickets that never manifest because you're not doing your part. I just wish the Lord would save me. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But it did not say, you know, and you always have some lunk kid. Well, what about people who can't speak? What does the Lord do? Well, if you can't speak, we'll find out from you. But if you can speak, don't ask me stupid questions. Can I have an amen? Because if you can speak, you should be able to, you can just obey that. It ain't your job to figure out how God does all that. And secondly, who in here knows that it's a heart issue anyway. But we are commanded to prophesy. We are commanded to prophesy to dry things and not speak the other. Now, if you were here last night at prayer, you probably got a little bit of this, you're gonna get a little bit more. In fact, in Isaiah chapter one, it says if you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Now again, I, I don't know about you, I want the good hand of God flowing in my life. I wanna walk in obedience. I, um, I, I also want pools of healing to flow in my life. I wanna live a long life. I wanna live a long good life. Uh, I don't wanna live a long, old, decrepit life. Can I have an amen? I wanna be 95, playing golf. Can I have an amen? 95, beating Mark Wagon Connect. Can I have an amen? 95, and still preaching strong. Can I have an amen? Somebody asked me one time, how did I used to preach? I used to preach real hard. You know, kind of, I always wanted to be the kind of preach, you know what I'm saying, getting everybody, you know, you know back then you, you, you walked fun, you know, who's ever watched that, you know, you walk, I mean, I was, you know, I, I was much more, different. but I, I realized after I did revivals that way, I told like this after about four days, and I said, I sounded terrible, so I realized if I didn't watch that and control that, I wasn't going to preach for long, because who's ever met some of those old preachers like that, and they don't have a voice anymore, well, I thought, well, I'm not going to be that unwise, so I changed some of it. And I, I don't wanna be that. But I had to speak certain things into my life. You need to speak and prophesy things into your life. And that's how those things, the hand of God comes. I always like to tell this story, cause, um, oh man, Sarah Beth was maybe two, three, four. Sarah Beth was born 91. This is probably 95. I'm talking to a pastor, a minister friend of mine in Washington, D.C. He had, he had become a, a corporate speaker more than a minister, it seemed like, but he did the corporate speaking gigs to pay for missions trips. And so this is 95. He made five grand in an hour. That's good money. Can I have an amen? And so we're talking about it, and he had actually been bumping up to about 10 grand an hour. Lord Jesus, bless me. Can I have an amen? Okay. And so he... Um, we got talking and um, we got talking about you know, public speaking and ministry and stuff and we told war stories about traveling and preaching. Uh, he, he actually told a story to me about how he said, I know this one church stole a $10,000 offering from me. He says, because I had a family member who saw the books. He goes, I know that. I said, what'd you do? He said, I've always loved this phrase. He says, not a thing. He goes, God keeps good books. He goes, I make more money now in an hour than I did back then. He said, so he goes, and I can do all the ministry on wall. So we're talking about different things. And he made a comment to me. He asked me a question. He said, what's the first thing you think of when you think of money? We were just talking about different things. I said, my gosh, man, money's hard to come by. I said, it don't grow on trees. Who's ever heard that? Who's ever had that beat in your head? That was the first utterance out of my mouth. I didn't even think about it. I didn't even hesitate about it. 
Now, I'm going to make this point. The first utterance out of your mouth under crisis situations will usually dictate how that situation goes. Jesus, don't you even care? And Jesus stood up and said, peace be still. He didn't sit there and argue with them disciples. First words out of his mouth dealt with that situation. First words out of your mouth need to deal with the situation. Doesn't need to be some other thing. Doesn't need to be cussing. Can I have an amen? Don't need to be cursing. Can I have an amen? Who in here knows the difference between cussing and cursing? If you don't, we're not going to tell you. Can I have an amen? We want to keep you pure. And so, so you have to. <laughs> and so he made the comment. He said, I said, man, that's the first thing. He said, well, Chris, well, no wonder. Then he stopped and said this to me. And this humbled me and convicted me. He said, Chris, you know more about faith and prayer and healing than I do. He says, way more. He says, the fact that you're stumbling on this, I don't get it. He said, you ought to use the same principles you use on that on this. I said, what do you mean? He said, your first utterance is that money's hard to come by. He said, that ought to be your last utterance because you've said before, God meets your need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He says, the earth and the gold and the silver on this earth, it's mine. In fact, it actually says that the, the dust, his dust is as gold in the kingdom of God. We'll get some dust. Can I have an amen? Jesus lived in such abundance. They're like, we ain't got no money. He said, well, go fish. We'll get some. He said, Chris, he goes, your words are what destroying you right now. He goes, you're not prophesying the life to it. And again, I wouldn't. I was doing it out of a good heart. I was just trying to be like I taught. Like I heard, I said this morning, but I heard a minister say one time, he said that his denomination taught people. He said, but my church really believed it. Lord, if you'll keep them humble, we'll keep them poor. You know, and we do that, you know, because, you know, oh, we don't want nobody to think more highly of himself than he ought to. And so I got to change it. He said, you need to change that. Now, let me say this. When me and him are having that conversation, I had the worst three-month schedule of preaching as an evangelist coming up. I think I had three things in three months. So if you will, I had three paychecks to expect out of 12. And I can't live on that. He says, you need to change your words. You need to change your expectation. You need to change what you believe. You need to change how you talk. And I was like, you're right. I got convicted. I said, you're right. So I started praying. I didn't make a big deal out of it. I, I took that verse, my, your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And I just changed it. My yoke right then was money because I had, I, had, I had a whole lot more month than I had money. I said to Father, I just thank you that money comes easy. I said, you meet my needs. That's the only thing I'm gonna talk about. You meet my needs. Thank God my, my, my calendar's full. My meetings are full. I had a guy in South Carolina. I still, I'm not real sure how he got my name. His name was a crazy name, Thornton Leitzinger. But it was spelled L-E-U-T. It was some German, Scandinavian, European name. He calls me out of the blue and he says, the Lord told me to have you come preach a revival. I said, okay. And in fact, we got lost. The first night got lost. I was 45 minutes late. Had a great time. He's on, his friends on Facebook, so great time. I mean, I had more money, more openings, more stuff happen in those three months ever. And the only time it starts ever clogging up is when I forget it. Why? Because I'm not prophesying to dry bones. I'm talking more about all the other issues. 
Now, everybody pay attention to me and watch me when I say this, and I don't mean this to be harsh. I just mean it to be truthful. I wanna be like Doc Martin. I, don't, I mean, I don't mean to be like Doc Martin. If you know what that is, that's a TV show about this doctrine. He's just trying to help people, but he's so gruff, everybody thinks he's just being mean. And I don't mean that way. If all you talk about is how bad you are, that's all you ever gonna get. Because it's hard to get through to some people. Now, yesterday, we were checking in to go shoot. You remember this? And there's a guy, there's eight of us, so we got a line. And we're waiting on somebody to leave shooting so we can go shoot. We're not gonna make names about Tony Lee Park. Can I have an amen? He was, out, he was shooting on the lanes we were, we were gonna use. We were just, we didn't know it was your lane. And it's so ble- it was a blessing because he walked out and we got to fellowship a little bit, and uh, we picked on him. But we're standing there and there's this guy walks up. Well, there's this real sweet girl checking everybody out. Checking, you know, uh, sounds weird. Checking, you know, you know, ringing people up, you know, signing them in. And this guy, for whatever reason, don't like her, and he's getting real loud. And I looked over at Karen, who's a counselor, and she goes, you know, I knew what that meant. I'm not working today. This is not my job. I knew exactly what, am I right? Am I right? That's exactly what that meant. She's like, so anyway, and this guy won't hush. And there's another, there's a manager guy walks over. This is a gun store, so everybody's, you know, everybody in the, everybody who works there is carrying a gun, so there's a robbery zone. And so here's a guy with a, a, a big, nice, heavy caliber gun. And it's, it's riding like John Wayne. It's riding just a, you know, draw grip. And this guy won't shut up. Well, what about, well, I, I just, you don't listen to him. You're not paying, you're not paying. And the guy's like, sir, I'm trying to talk to you. I'm trying to tell you, just come over here. Let's get, uh, yeah, yeah. he just won't. That guy could not do him any good because he wouldn't hush. And the guy came in there to do good. He said, I'm just trying, and finally the guy, he said, I'm just trying to help. He said, come over here so we can discuss it quietly. And finally the guy shut up, thank God, walked over and they got it and they were actually on our, in our lane. Did you notice that? They were down there and they were fine. For whatever reason, that guy was in an angst against that girl. And I told her, I walked up to her later. I told her, I said, honey, I said, I think you did great. I said, you didn't get upset? And she said, well, I'm in law enforcement. She says, I know how to deal with people. I said, well, I think you did great. I said, I didn't see anything wrong with what you, what you, what you were doing. I said, I don't know what happened before that. I said, I, I said, I'm sorry you had to go through that one. Just talked a little bit, invited her to church and gave her a card and blessed her. She was real sweet. I actually took a group shot. She took our group photo and because uh, we had to have a group photo because Karen and Debbie were taking pictures like it was a parade. Can I have an amen? Karen showed me one picture of me shooting. The only thing I could saw was the bald spot in my back of my head. I was like, my gosh, I said, we ain't posting that. And uh, kind of scared, that bothered me, amen. But, but that guy, that guy who, the, the manager trying to do good, couldn't do good because the guy wouldn't hush. And some people are like, well, I just don't know why. We are bound by those things. But here's the other side is, this is the part that always excites me the most about the goodness of God. We can also activate all those good things. That's the part that amazes me the most. That's the reason why I love, if you will, free will theology. In in world, there's two types of, theologically, there's people who believe in predestination or that there is no self-will or free will. And there's people who believe there is free will. I'm on free will. And the reason I'm on free will is because Jesus said as many as who received him, 
gave them power to become sons of God, didn't say to as many as them who he made receive them. They had free will. He said, if any man will, come. Well, if any man will, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a clause. That's a, that's a, that's a statement to, to make the point of, if you're willing, come. If you want to, you can come. If you don't want to come, you ain't got to come. Can I have an amen? But the nice thing about that is that means I can activate those principles anytime I need to. If I need love, I can activate love. I can start loving people. Well, I just wish I had friends, Pastor Chris. I ain't got no friends. The Bible says in Proverbs, to him who would have friends must be friendly. So just activate some friendliness. I learned this a long time ago. I sometimes forget it because I'm a talker. And I can't stand dead space. Molly's like that. Man, Molly can wear me out sometimes. I don't like dead space. Let there be any dead space. So how are we today? Well, Molly, we have spent 48 hours together. I guess since you don't want to talk to me in fellowship and enjoy my company, I guess I am like Molly, you know. So we, we go back at each other. And so I, you know, I don't like dead space. And it's hard on me sometimes when there's dead space. But who in here wants to be a good friend? Be more interested than you are interesting. Yeah. Meaning listen to people talk. Pay attention. That's hard for me sometimes, especially when it's dead space. But I found out sometimes some people want dead space. So you know what I need to do? Shut up. Can I have an amen? Just be quiet. Just let people have that space. And there's sometimes that's all they want. I had a family thank me one time. They, were, they had a husband got sick. They called me. The, the wife needed a break from the hospital room. They said, could you come sit with him for a couple hours? I said, yeah, no church I said, yeah, I'll come sit. I don't mind. I said, what do I do if something happens? I've been a doctor in a movie, but I do not have any medical training. Can I have an amen? I, I, I do know how to say stat, you know, and I, I've watched Doc Martin enough to, you know, I, I could say something, but I don't know. I said, what do I do? They said, just call the doctor. I said, okay. I sat there, I think, three and a half hours. Now, I took me some books and stuff, so I, I had a good time. They slept most of the time. I never thought anything about it. Is that, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it wasn't like that big of a deal to me. I just, I, all I did was sit I read my Bible, I read some other stuff, I had a notepad, so I wrote some notes, had some sermon thoughts, I had a great time. You'd have thought I had gone to Mars, found a mineral that was necessary to save the earth and their family, and brought it to them. But you know what? It meant something to them. And I never said a word. And at the same time, I know them right now, I could probably call them and say, could you help? They'd say, yeah. You have to be friendly. That means you get to activate that principle yourself. But again, here in Ezekiel 37, it says to prophesy to those dry bones, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. So what do you prophesy to your life? The word of the Lord. Now, um, I'll close with this. Molly, when she was little, always cracked me up. She still can crack me up. Because... um, who in here knows how you win an argument? You do it kind of, you try to do it like that guy was doing it in the store. You don't shut up. You try to control the atmosphere long enough to where you just wear people out. Now, I'm going to be real honest. I've done that. If I need to do it, I'll do it again. If I, if I think I'm right and they're wrong, I'm going to wear them out. Because I'm not going to let the unrighteousness stand. That's not right. And I'm not going to cave into it on certain things. But Molly on sometimes, she will be wrong. 
We've had like disagreements. And she won't shut up. She won't even breathe. I mean, the whole time she talks, talking about this. I'm dead worried about this, worried about this. And I'll start laughing. I just can't even, I mean, I can't take it. It's just funny. But what about this? You, see, you're laughing. You know I'm right. You know I'm right. And I'm like, no, you're not. I'm like, I'm laughing. I can't take it anymore. I'm just like, this is funny. This is hilarious. I'm, I'm watching a crazy person talk right now. Lord Jesus, and I'll start cutting up, picking back. Lord Jesus, heal my daughter. We command all demonic spirits to leave her body right now in Jesus' name. I, you know, and I'm just, I'm, I'm laughing. But she will not let me interrupt. And that's the way you treat the devil. And that's the way you treat worry. And that's the way you treat anxiety. I heard somebody say the other day, well, boy, I'm anxious about that. Don't ever go there. Yeah. Why? Because I got the peace of God. I, I, I had something yesterday that just tweaked my heart and it ticked me off. Nothing big, nothing bad. And it was with, uh, with, uh, with this guy I know who I don't ever even see. And I'm not totally sure, but I have an inkling that something happened and it made me mad. You know what I'm saying? Now, again, I'm not going to get all up... And, I, and, the, and but here's what I know, and, this why and I felt led to minister on this. The more I thought about it, the more aggravated I got. And again, I'm not even sure it happened. But I know him, so I know what, I'm pretty sure it did happen. But I don't know. Has everybody got my point? I'm trying to make my point. I don't know for certain, but I'm thinking about it. And I'm meditating on it. And the more I'm meditating on it, the more my stomach's kind of a little bit. And I finally caught myself. I said, Chris, you don't even know. Why don't you give him grace and walk in love and let that go and not worry about it? So I caught myself. I just started, so here's what I did. I prophesied to bones the word of the Lord. I began to quote scriptures on love. Love doesn't require anything. Love doesn't ask its own. Love is patient, love is kind, everybody got me? Then I started quoting that verse in Romans chapter five, that the love of God's been shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, by the Holy Spirit's love in my heart, I love him. And I thank you, Father, for blessing him. I thank you, Father, for helping him. I thank you, Father, for giving him revelation and life. I thank you, Father, that love flows out of me into him. That Father, right now, if he knows anything, knows that I love him. Man, after about 10 minutes of that, I didn't even think, I, I couldn't even remember what I was aggravated about. But I had prophesied to that issue. And when you prophesy, be like Molly. Don't shut up. Talk to it so fast, talk to it so much that it changes the atmosphere. Amen. Now I'm gonna throw this out. My opinion is most don't do that. Because I listen to everybody talk. And I watch Facebook posts. And I'm not saying everybody here, most people in general. All we talk about, how bad it is, how tight it is, how wrong it is, what we don't like. Our country's this, our country's that. I'd still rather live here than anywhere else. Can I have an amen? amen. And I thank God for the veterans who paid the price for us to live here before we leave. We we're actually going to show a video for our veterans. But I'm going to tell you right now, your words affect the hand of God moving in your life. Amen. So here's the other side. Change those words. Well, Pastor Chris, I don't know what to say. Again, prophesy the word of the Lord. Uh, when Luke and Laura bought their house, I thought it was funny. I got one in my office. What do you call that thing, uh, Lonnie Maynard? What do you call that thing on the door? You know, uh, Israelis, Jews put, put that thing on the door for the doorpost. The mezuzah. mezuzah. Um, so I've got one in my office. Somebody gave it to me. I put it up there. And what's it supposed to do is remind you of God's covenant. And so when Luke and Laura bought their house, there was one there. 
which I liked. That blessed me. So why do you have it there? So it reminds you to speak those things. Why did God choose Abram over all the other people? Why? Because it says, number one, he, he believed. Two, it says he knew that God, God knew that he would train his children, which meant he did what? He spoke to them. I do believe one of the problems with most kids today is their parents don't speak to them enough. They're glad Minecraft and, and iPhones and stuff can take their attention away and give them some peace. And I get that we all need peace. Can I have an amen? Thank God for Minecraft occasionally when Jackson's around. Can we all have an amen? But on the other side, I need to be speaking to him. I need to be speaking life into him. Telling him that he's going to be a great man of God. Telling him that he's got a great future ahead. Telling him that he's strong and courageous and God's always going to be on his side. Thank, you, know, you got my point? But what am I doing? I am invoking that word upon his life. And unless you invoke it, it never will be invoked. Well, I'm just waiting on the Lord, Pastor Chris. Then die. Because the people who tell me that about salvation never get saved. I'm just waiting on a good time. Well, I promise you, there will never be one. Yeah. Well, you know, we're just waiting for a break to start coming to church and get involved. You'll never have it. You'll never have it. I, I told you, there's two, th there's, two there's two discussions me and Lisa Vaughn's never had in our life. Are we going to church? Are we tithing? Those are not two discussions we have. Not two discussions I'm ever gonna have. Pastoring or not, I'm gonna be in church. Can I have an amen? Somebody says, well, you can't prove that, you're pastoring. I can prove it because when I used to travel. I travel Sunday, I'd preach Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night. I have preached four times. I have gotten saved four times. I have gotten filled with the Holy Ghost four times. I have been prayed for at least four times. Everybody got me? Wednesday night, where would I be? Life of Faith Fellowship Church, Gastonia, North Carolina. They had this barn, <laughs> it was a barn, original barn, and we would teach children's church on Wednesday nights. I had the most fun with those kids. I'd make up junk and have, you know, I'd do all my stuff with them and have fun and cut up and stuff and uh, just minister to them, love on them. I did it every Wednesday night, loved it. Why? Because that's what we do. You prophesy. Everybody say prophesy. prophesy. I was at a big meeting one time and a lot of big names. I mean, there's huge names there. And this huge name walked over to this other minister and prophesied to him that certain things were gonna happen and take place. And, and you could feel it. You could feel the anointing of God in that place. And I remember, so he prophesied. And all of a sudden, he stopped. And uh, I didn't think God would want me. But he said, there's someone here right now who's aggravated I didn't prophesy to you. He says, why don't you just prophesy over yourself then? He goes, it's the same word. It's the same spirit. He said, there ain't nothing special about me doing it. He says, you ought to be doing it yourself anyway. I, I wrote to myself, make a note of this. Because who's ever been in the service when something big happens, you're like, well, I wish that was me. I wish God would say something special to me. I always looked at it this way. Thank God he didn't need to single me out to correct me. Amen. Evidently, I might be doing something right enough to where I didn't need it. Can I have an amen? Because who's ever been in church and you heard your mama or daddy go, <coughs> That's not a good noise in the kingdom. Can I have an amen? That usually means weeping and gnashing of teeth will be followed by the beatings in the house of God or something, or a spoon. Who in here knows a spoon is a great implement of discipline? Amen. Now, as we get ready to close, 
um, if you got your family here, your husband and wife, covenant with each other. Now, it's hard for husbands and wives to do this because we get mad at each other for being correcting each other. But covenant with each other, to challenge each other, to prophesy the right thing, to speak of the hand of God moving in your life. Well, I don't know how we're going to do this. I don't know what we're going to do about that. I mean, I just don't know what we're going to do about that. I just don't want you to, what y'all do is hush, talking that way. Do you think, does any of that help? Does any of that ever help? I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to do. Again, my opinion in the South, we show worry as a level of concern to show people that we care, which is foolish, in my opinion, totally foolish. We, we, we show a level of sinfulness, worry, which is a level of sinfulness, because Scripture says don't do it. We show that as a level of concern and care, when we ought to show faith and hope and expectation of what God's doing in their life. Can I have an amen? Well, I'm just so worried about, what, about what's going to happen to mama. Aren't you worried? No. Lisa's mama got mad at me one time. She says, I think, I th she says, you ain't gonna worry about me if something happens to me while I'm here by myself, because she's a widow. I said, well, no, I ain't gonna worry about you. She said, what are you gonna do if something happens to me? I said, plan the funeral. You're in heaven, what do you care? She looked at me. I said, I said, really? I said, why would you care? You're in heaven, you're with Jesus. No more bills, no more pain, no more sighing, no more crying, just good days ahead all the time with Jesus. I said, what would you care? Well, if you don't love me, <laughs> I do love you, but I'm not going to worry about you. Can I have an amen? amen? What am I going to do? Thank God that the angels of God are around them. Now, let me throw this out just to let you know my humanity. That was hard for me when my daughters moved out. And for about eight, nine, ten weeks, I didn't tell Lisa this, anytime my phone rang, my heart dropped. And most of the time I'd answer, I'd say, you okay? First thing out of my mouth, I'd say, you okay? What's wrong? You okay? Molly, you good? What's wrong? What was I having to do? I was fighting fear. Because I'm the Lord protector of the, the kingdom. Can I have an amen? Ain't nobody gonna hurt my daughters. Amen. And if they do, they're gonna pay. Can I have an amen? I wanna go John Wayne all over them. But what am I having to do? I'm having to fight. So what did I do? I began to prophesy. Father, I thank you that the angels of God are encamped round about them. I can command the angels of God. God, you kept them safe for 28 years. You're going to keep them safe for 29 years. Length of days and long life have been their promise in Jesus' name. I do not have to worry about them being kidnapped, raped, or abused because I am a child of God, a member of the covenant, and I know my rights. And part of the curse under Deuteronomy 28 is those things will happen to my children. But one of the blessings under the, uh, of Deuteronomy 28 is that my children are protected from that. And I know that. And I'm not, and I'm going to enforce that. Now, thank you, Father, you're taking care of them. Thank you that you're meeting their needs. Thank you that they're getting raises. Thank you that they're opening up relationships. Thank you that you, can I, has everybody got me? And what did I do? I broke that off of me. If I hadn't, I would have been like this. I said, oh, what are going to do? You go, okay, man, I'm just worried about that. Your self-talk is as important as your public talk. Amen. And so you need to watch that. Don't let that fear get into you. Well, I just don't know what we're going to do. We'll be like Moses. I don't either. That's what Moses said. I don't know what we're doing. I'm just going to follow the cloud, amen. and I'm going to follow the fire. I'm just going to be obedient. Could I have an Amen. And then what happens? That opens up those bones to get, live again. And there's a song I heard years ago and it says, and then the wind blew and the dead knew that life has come again. Amen. You can always prophesy life into them bones. Amen. Father, we bow our heads right now and we thank you for all your goodness to us in Jesus' name. Right now, if you need anything in your life, 
Uh, this, uh, we're, we're going to pray it this way. I, I just want to encourage you right now to acknowledge that. And as I look around, I, I believe everybody's born again. But if you're watching online and you'd say, Pastor Chris, I'm not born again. I need to make Jesus Lord of life. All you have to do is ask Jesus into your heart. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's all it takes. With a repentant heart and a, and a heart that desires. I just read one of the greatest testimonies I thought of this week. Of a, of a very public figure who's been a very public astrology and psychic powers and she actually says witchcraft who just got saved and baptized in water in a Baptist church. She's uh, one, one of the, the, the big uh, tattoo girls and was known for that. She said she got tired of all that. She says, and Jesus came into her life and saved her. Man, it's one of the most beautiful stories. And what's funny is all the haters out there think she's doing it for PR. Well, I, I'm, you know, you just have to take it by faith. But she said she, you know, feels for them and prays for them. So all you got to do is give your heart to Jesus. But if you say, Pastor Chris, there are some things in my life dry, and I need those things active. I want to speak to you right now and ask you to, in the, in the confines of your heart, lay that on the altar of the Lord. Humble yourself under his mighty hand. And prophesy to that issue. Speak life to that issue. And let those dead bones rise up. Well, Pastor Chris, I've been doing that for five years. Well, keep on. I've been doing some things for 53 years. There's some things you always do. There's some things we never, ever give up on. Because I want to go to heaven. Can I have an amen from everybody? I want to see Jesus. We want to make sure that we walk righteous. Heavenly Father, I thank you right now that everyone here, that you bring conviction to us all, me especially, to watch the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, that they may be found pleasing unto you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Right now, as I say that, if you're convicted of anything in your life, big or small, it may be that you're not walking in love. It may be that you've committed a sin. You may be, um, <laughs> you know, I don't know who's watching this. Adultery, fornication, homosexuality, theft, bank robbery. I don't know. I, I met a lady years ago and she dated a guy. Come to find out the guy was a KGB agent. Acted like he was a Christian the whole time. Never was. You don't know what somebody's dealing with. My prayer is that guy got saved while he dated her. But right now, you'd say, I, I, what you need to do is just give that to the Lord and then leave it with him. It's your job to do the believing. It's his job to do the other stuff. That's your job. So Father, we thank you right now that you bring us conviction to our life to lay at your feet those things which we are not equipped to handle, which is most things. And we look unto you, the author and finisher of our faith. In Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Uh, real quick, if we can. What time is it? Oh, 22, I'm going too long. Uh, give me the announcements up. And... Uh, Second Saturday prayer, we had that last uh, night and uh, awesome, had a great time, went out to eat, great time. If, if you can make it, please come 5 p.m. Uh, 
Let me do this. Hope it doesn't come up there. Uh, women encourage women. There is a December meeting. Yeah, but y'all, y'all did y'all's big party. The, the Jesus needs to forgive everybody gift exchange program. Um, the women encourage women. That is the uh, first Saturday of each month. So I don't even know what day that is, but it's first Saturday. We have first Saturday women, second Saturday prayer. Most of the time it's the same weekend. Uh, huh? What's, what's the thing on the other weekends where we get messing up? First Sunday, first Sunday. That's what we're going to do. Uh, every Wednesday, uh, online exclusive Bible study. Uh, we're doing a study in the book of Jude right now. Great, great, great. And um, also small group Sunday morning. Uh, this morning was a great time of just fellowship and uh, praying for Harold. And uh, Harold, <laughs> Harold doesn't have his phone with him today. And uh, I'm like, oh my God, how can anybody even operate in the kingdom? Can I have it any without our phones? And uh, so anyway, amen. And then also next Sunday morning, November 19th of the day, will be with us for the day. Uh, they'll be ministering uh, the whole service. Uh, who's, who's, does anybody ever remember them? So they'll be with us. Uh, they just had a baby, but next Sunday morning, November 19th of the day, will be with us. So uh, be here early and um, show up. Bring somebody if you can. Uh, good music, good spirit, great ministry, and everybody say amen. Uh, t- today, yesterday was Veterans Day. Uh, if you are a veteran, is it veteran or veteran? Either way, huh? Hamburger, cheeseburger, tomato, tomato, uh, potato, potato. Uh, I always forget that, but I say Southern sometimes, and it's Southern. Um, but anyway, to all of our veterans, we thank you and we bless you. If you are a veteran, uh, our current active rate, stand up, stand up, let's go. Now stand up. Come on, don't make me, don't make me make you stand up. Amen. Amen. See, I knew, you, I knew you didn't want to stand. Amen. Give them a good hand clap. Come on, give them a real good one. Amen. Amen. And uh, thank y'all so much. Uh, we want to close with this video here, uh, thanking our veterans. Uh, who in here knows that's a, that's a huge price they have paid and, uh, to, to give their life away and uh, also to the families. Uh, we, we, we bless all the families, especially those you know, who have gone back. I met a lady the other day, and she made a comment, and um, it was the lady who picked up the key for the HOA. We were talking. She made a comment, and she went in right before 9-11 and got out, right, I mean, four years. Marine, Semper Fi. And um, she um, talked about, and I told her, I said, I had several family, uh, several friends who joined military right after 9-11 and had you know, wife and kids. That's a huge sacrifice. We should never, ever, ever not thank them and thank them for their service. So we bless all of our veterans. We pray for you and believe for God's blessings on your life in every way for the gift that you've given us so that we can do what we're doing right now, and that is worship God and uh, enjoy our liberty. So we're going to watch this video. After this video, you are dismissed.